Welcome to the show. We have G.I. Jackson of H-Town in the building here tonight. Legendary R&B group, as you may know him for some hits, knocking the boots, lick you up. Yeah, yeah. In line between love and hate, as we all know, part-time lover. Welcome to the show, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, man. What's going on? It looks like you're in a studio. Are you making some music? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, yeah. I, stay, I stay in the studio. That's the main thing to do. How are you feeling about the newest work that you just dropped, Date Night? Uh, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty positive about it. You know, we've been getting very good reviews from everybody. You know, so we haven't heard anything negative yet, but um, everybody's loving it so far. You know, everybody, everybody has a different favorite. You know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You feel as though that the youth is is catching on to what you guys are doing still in these days and times because the youth likes everything that's trendy. They're they're not into a lot, a lot of the old school stuff. Do you feel as though that you have a youthful audience? Because that's important. I mean, we, I think we were, we were one of the groups from the nineties that was blessed to have every generation not just the mom and the pops or grandmothers. Mm -hmm. So we, we had the kids, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the cousins. So we were just blessed to have every generation loving our music, not just one generation, you know? Yeah. Right up there like, with Jodeci and boys to men. Yeah. And it's still like that today. You know what I'm saying? Still like 15 year old, 14 years old, all the way up to 40, 50, you know? It's always important for the youth to tune in because it, the R&B didn't start at Chris Brown. It started way before even you guys, and you're All still right. dropping quality content in 2020, 2021. Most definitely. We, we try to just bring back that old, that old, that old 90s flavor, you know, R&B with a little, little bit of today's twist, but we try to really stay true to ourselves. We don't follow nobody, so we're not really trying to be up to date and current with what, what everybody is doing right now. Yeah, R&B. Do you feel as though that R&B is in a bad space? You're keeping it alive by what you're doing because you're a legend. And H-Town's nothing but legends, of course. But do you feel as yeah. though that people really have that passion for that true soul that you guys have anymore? They do. I mean, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of people now take them to the internet instead of listening to the radio now because of that. You know what I'm saying? They want to hear what they want to hear when they want to hear it and versus hearing the same 10 songs on every hour, you know? It's unfortunate, but WBLS still plays you guys. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. All the stations still play like um all of our classics. You know, all you know, all the hits and stuff still gets played on every, every radio station. You know, what I'm saying just that when it comes to the new music, you know, what I'm saying we we just basically focuses on just just giving it to the, giving it to the fans. You know, whether it's via the web website, social media, YouTube. You know, YouTube is the new BET now, so everybody's. Mm -hmm watching videos on BT now, you know, that's, that's the new, that's the new video. So yeah. <laughs> love, you yeah, know, it is. And I agree with what you say about the radio. They, they still play your classic, but these mainstream radio stations yeah. got to play the legends at the same time. And I feel as though they don't. And that's my problem with hip hop too, is they don't play the legends, these mainstream hip hop and R&B stations. Right. Well, it, could be, it, it, it got kind of political now. Cause you know, back when we, when we was out in the nineties, um, it's like one person on one radio station, you know, now you got corporations on 200 radio stations, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's more of a uh, political, more political than it was back then. You know, like back then you go to another city, you heard different, you heard different type of music. The number one song was different in every state, you know what I'm saying? Every other city, you know what I'm saying? New York was New York and Atlanta's Atlanta, Houston is Houston and Louisiana was Louisiana, but now, you're in the same 10 songs in every state worldwide. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> and also back then, I've heard you guys say in other interviews and just reading articles online, you felt as though it was very competitive back then. I look at today. What's your view on today's competitiveness in music? Because everyone wants to be a singer. Yeah. And a rapper. Yeah. I mean, my issue with today is like, it's, it's too many people sound like each other. It's not, it's not, it's not enough original originality that's being played on radio. Like, like, you know, I can't tell who is future. You know what I'm saying? It's more than one future, more than one person with the same sound out there. You know what I'm saying? I agree a hundred percent. It's too oversaturated. There's no individuality. Yeah. No, not enough individuality out there. That's that's what we came. We came from everywhere. There was a lot of individuality. You, you, when you heard Jodeci, you know that was Jodeci. You heard H Town, you know it was H Town. You heard Silk or SWV, you, you know who that was. You know. And we'll get into the legendary 1993 Coca-Cola Festival tour after because oh, that was man. an amazing tour for you guys. But in the beginning, you guys started out at a young age, and eventually. You were linked up with Luther Campbell of Two Life Crew, but originally you guys were called the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that before we met Luke. You know, you know, just trial and error. You know what I'm saying? Back then, you know, back when we was called the Jets, you know, so we had kind of like a like we haven't developed our voices yet, so we sound like the boys, like you know, the boys or new new generation or new edition when they first came out with Candy Girl stuff like that. But at the same time. We had our own originality, but before we got with Luke, we had um developed our voices and we know we we know we wanted to go with it. So we was already singing those sexy songs before we even met Luke. So <laughs> <laughs> now walk me through how did we able to get that audition with Luke? Because that's when he signed you guys and he wanted Dino to be the lead mm -hmm. singer. He loved the uniqueness of your of his voice and when you guys together were just out of here and he knew that right away. And you, I think originally this the first song that he did hear. He didn't like right away, but the one that he did like was Lick You Up. Right. Yeah, I mean, but actually, I mean, I mean Dino was, he was singing most of the leads before, before we met Luke. You know what I'm saying? I was like, um, I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot and I wrote a lot for Dino because he had the voice, he had the tone. And, you know, I knew that tone was, was going to get us what we need to be, you know. But um, it was our producer, Stick, that was, you know, lacing down those tracks and, you know, Dino singing the leads and, you know, I'm writing the verses for him, you know, cause it was, we just had that chemistry. But we met Luke through our manager. He wasn't our manager at the time, but he came to us and said, you know, uh, Luke is looking for a singing group. And uh, and he he, he um, made Luke miss his flight. So he'd come here and sing in the studio. Wow. Rest in peace to Dino as well. My condolences, you know, he's one of the great voices in R&B as well as you guys oh, are. Husband. Yeah. Being elected in the 2019 R&B Hall of Fame is history. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, it's a great feeling, you know, so I, I, we didn't see that coming, but, you know, it was a blessing and, you know, we're grateful for it. And, you know, we're just going to keep on continuing, keep the H-Town Legs alive in, in the memory of our brother Dino. Yeah, that's right. Now, what was the first time when he actually did a song with you guys singing-wise? Well, you know, but we, we've been friends all along, though. You know, we stayed in the same projects and we always crossed each other path and hung out and played football in the streets, you know what I'm saying? But I was rapping and they was, they were singing and then I was DJing and then I transitioned to singing when I connected with them, you know what I'm saying? Cause we had went to, we had went to an audition and the guy was looking for a group, but he wasn't looking for a rapper and he wasn't looking for a duet, a duo. So 
he ended up putting us together and we ended up staying together and and that's what we call ourselves the gist but once we left him we met our, our other producer which is a friend friend a friend of their family mm. named stick his name stick so so once we got with him and started making records and, it, and that was it right there if you think about it, Luke is such a gem because of what he, not only what he did with Two Live Crew, but he was one of the first people to really put a record label together that was independent and add artists to it. Right. Yeah, people he, don't he bring that first, up. He was the first independent, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know, we sold, we sold over 16 million records on an independent label, independent level, not on a major level, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's unheard of, you know what I'm saying? Sell 16 million records independently. You know, that's, I mean, that check is way bigger than what that major was going to give us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were signed to a major, you probably wouldn't even see half of that. Oh, uh, we wouldn't even, you know, we, we own, we own 50% of our master. We wouldn't even have that right now. We were signed to a major. So that's you know, important. It, how come you think that so many artists from back in your era just didn't get their masters that they just, is it that they didn't show up with the right lawyers? They just weren't able to read the contracts. Lawyers, lawyers are important. Most definitely. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got, you don't have, you don't have good lawyers that can play those positions for you. Then it's, it's not going to happen. But at the same time, it all depends on how much the label um, value, value you being on their label, you know, because a lot of labels, they'll throw you away in a heartbeat or put you on the shelf, you know? Yeah. I mean, you hear yeah. the stories such as TLC. They really got it bad. Yeah, we had a we had a position. We had um we had another. I'm not gonna say their name, but we had another major label trying to buy us from Loop just to put us on the shelf because we was interfering with their new artists that they was trying to bring out. So they was trying to buy us out buy buy us out our contract and then put us on the shelf. <laughs> but that yeah. goes to show how fierce you guys were in the industry. Yeah. You were forced definitely. to be reckoned with. Most definitely. Father MC we, said that you were going to be the guys that chased Joe to see. Oh, that's that's fam. Yeah, most definitely. You know, we we both, we neck and neck, you know what I'm saying? But most prop to them, man. You know, we ended up working with them anyway. Actually, we was before, actually before we met Luke, we met Devante. And, you know, so originally we were supposed to sign Devante, but yes, he, he had so much going on. He never had, he had never had a chance to get back to us. So by the time... He caught wind of it. We were signing. We were signing Luke, but we ended up working together again. Um, he called us to do the um, Above the Rim soundtrack, part time lover, with uh, Devontae. So he 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 came in. He came and reached out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now Above the Rim, you guys are in the movie scene now. You're doing the soundtracks. Were you able to meet yeah. Tupac at all when putting the soundtrack together? Oh, I mean, Tupac used to open up for us. Tupac used to be on the road with us. Oh wow. Yeah, that's 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 like fam. And actually, we was about to we was about to do a, a song with him before he passed, before he got killed. We had maybe, maybe like two weeks before we 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 spoke to him, and he was ready to get down the studio and do it. But you know, we just never got to it. That's unfortunate. Yeah, we had a song on our we had a song on our um uh latest edition called "Die for You." And it was going to be featuring Tupac. So if you listen to that song, you can tell that Tupac was uh, supposed to be in a place of, of the rap. We did. We we went on and did the rap ourselves, but it really supposed to be Tupac. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. That's trivia. That's <laughs> that that track would have been huge, huger than what yeah. it was to H Town fans with Tupac on it. Most definitely. Because Tupac did songs with John B. A lot of he's right. he's done tracks with a couple of R&B artists. 
Yeah. That was, that, was, that was the man back then. That was the go-to guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was there any opportunities for you to collaborate with Biggie at all? Uh, no, no, no. We, I think we did like maybe two or three shows with Biggie. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't end well for him because he was like the, he was like the, um, the headliner and we went on before him and, um, we just, we just left, we left the, we left the, um, we left the levels too high. So he couldn't come behind us with that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we like, we like a high energy group, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we show up every show we show up, you know, so pull out all the stops. <laughs> that's what you guys do. And that's why you're so yeah. legendary. And with signing the Luke, I remember hearing the story of you showing up to his house and he had all these women around and because that's where he shot a lot of his music videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. He always had his, his um, Luke dancers and all of them, they, they, they was there like faithfully almost every day. So it was always, it was always like a party every night there. It was like, like a freak Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. since you're on sports and hip hop with DJ Mad Max, it was a sex bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely sex bowl. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, because I know in the beginning at the of the song, Dino's the quarterback, and I believe that you're wide. You're the wide receiver, right? Uh, yeah. And it's just Am's the the running back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense, though. Yeah, that's me and me and stick idea, you know. I mean, that's that's why people know. You, I mean, I sung on certain songs, but I didn't care to do believe because I was like, I'm writing those songs for the person that need to be singing these songs. So you know, so I write and just pass it along. Like it remind me of um five, it remind me of the five heartbeats when 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 the dude was um passing passing the, the little notes to his, his sister and she was singing the, she was singing what she was reading off the paper. You know, that's, that's how it was with Dino. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were 16 at the time. You're still in high school. Yeah, yeah. Man, how was it in class? Because now everyone, you're, you're walking around school. You guys are superstars. You're going on tour. You got these hit records out. You're signing the Luther Campbell. Knocking the Boots was a huge hit. And it had yeah. its own dance, which people know about. Well, well, well Luke, I mean... For a while, we 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 actually had to leave school and just get tutors because people used to start skipping classes to be in our class. They started skipping the lunches to be in our lunch. You know what I'm saying? So it got kind of got kind of crazy, you know, being like chased out of your own high school. You know. What I'm <laughs> so yeah, so we had we had to get tutors. At the end of the day, we had to get tutors. So that's how that that's how that went. If you looked at your most recent Instagram post, if you want to get in the begging after dark backseat tyler the creator yeah. just sampled that on the on his newest song yeah 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 yeah. that's 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 been in the works for a minute maybe like six months mm -hmm. and it's just finally coming out for well, yeah shout out to shout out to tyler you know you know what i'm saying that's now that's the first person that's that's sampled a h-town song you know because you know not gonna boost that's um zap that's that's zap that's their sample that we're using zap and roger yeah so i mean of course a lot of people a lot of other people use it too you know what i'm saying like mocha and stuff and uh tupac you know but he's the first to ever sample an original h-town song i never knew that i think i think he did it justice 
Yeah, it's number one. It's, it's yeah. number one. It's, it's, it's number one on the charts right now. So it's doing real good. Mm-hmm. So he had he contacted you to use this then. That's yeah, yeah, good. most definitely. Yeah, we have to clear it. Yeah, yeah because a lot of times artists just rip it from the legends and then <laughs> they end well, up I mean, paying for like, it later. Again, again, it's like um, who has the control. Like like I say, if, if you were the major, they probably wouldn't have to come to you. They just talk to the, the person at the major, you know what I'm saying? But we own our own label, you know what I'm saying? H-Town Music. Yeah. Um, and um, we own our masters. We own 50% of our masters, so they have to come through us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. What's some piece of advice that you could give to young and up and coming artists in the game if, say, if they want to break away from a major and do what you guys did so that you own your masters and you don't have to worry about these major labels scamming artists? I mean, but in this, in, in this, these days, it's kind of easier. You know, you just got to know how to, um, you just got to put a good team together, you know what I'm saying, just to, to maximize your, your presence, you know, social media. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the main thing, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's crazy that that's what they look at. It's like before, before radio stations play your record these days, they looking at how many views you got. You know, what I'm saying how many followers do you have? You know, they base the decisions on that before they base it on how good the song is. You know, so it's pretty crazy now. But like I said, as long as you got a good team, you know, what I'm saying great management and and some funds. You know, what I'm saying most definitely got to have some funds to um, back back what you're trying to do. You know, what I'm saying good to do that a great attorney you know what i'm saying and you all you all in and most definitely being original bringing something different to the table most definitely you know what i'm saying there's too many carbon copies out there oh yeah i agree with you on that too much auto-tune and too much there's just too much everyone needs there needs to be some individuality out there i i give trust me i give the flack to these artists that are out here who's someone that you feel is always bringing something new to the table that impresses you in this day and age it could be from Uh, r&b or even hip-hop more strictly r&b because you guys are r&b artists I like her. Her? Her. She she she's more to bring something different. Um Ella Ella May. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um uh what's the one with feelings? Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine yeah. Sullivan, you know what I'm saying? Most definitely. You know, they bring something different to the table, you know what I'm saying? They bring that real, that real singing back, you know. Putting their own twist on it. Her, she's deep, she's playing all the instruments and to be as, be as young as she is, and, and that talent is crazy. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Would you consider collaborating with these artists that, that we just brought up right oh. now that you mentioned? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just got to get the politics out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? People people want to they want to choose who you do songs with. You know what I'm saying? You know, you shouldn't do songs with them. You need to do songs with Chris Brown. He's He's... He's the man right now. We need to do something Chris Brown or, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, it's all political, you know what I'm saying? It's all, it doesn't work for everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, even if you do get a song Chris Brown, if, if, it's, if it's not a dope track, it ain't, it's not going to work anyway. Yeah, it's... And, and if, you, if you don't have the funds to push that song, it's not going to work because at the end of the day, you need the funds to push that song. Yeah. You yeah. do. And it's just a big number game, as you said before. I don't understand why, when you look at these newer hip hop and R&B artists, that they don't work with more artists such as yourself who are legends, because I feel as though once you got the backing of the legends, you're more solidified. Right, right. I feel as though I want the legends respect over the, the new the new artists, 100%. But like you said, they you have the people out here that control who you have on your tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, management and A&Rs, which... 
Not too many A&Rs up there now these days. Not too many labels anymore. Not too many labels anymore either. All the, all the labels are merged together, which is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's all in one big pot. And it's like, it's like he's not with major. You got six other companies that's tagged to that label, that one label. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But I want to get into the 1993 Coca-Cola Summer Festival tour, as I brought up before. LL Cool J, Naughty by Nature, Silk, yeah. SWV was there. How was that tour? Oh, uh, it was it was it was very fun, man. Because everybody was competitive. Everybody wanted to sh- wanted to show each other out. You know what I'm saying? So everybody gave a gave a great show. You know what I'm saying? There's no legendary tours like that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, Al Hamm need to come back. He need to come back and do some more tours. I mean, he he does selective tours, you know, when he when he feel like it. But he's more into TV and stuff now. You know what I'm saying? He's, that was a king of um concerts, Al Hamm, Al Hamm back in the day. But was Coca Cola Superfest? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was the man. Yeah. Would you say that was your most memorable tour, or, or there was another one out there that you think of that was just? Oh, but- most, most definitely Coca-Cola and the Budweiser. Most definitely those two are the the the, the most memorable ones. Those are the, um, I mean, these days a tour can last like ten cities, fifteen cities, six cities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Depending on the promoter. You know, back then, shit, we was out for like six months on the Coca-Cola Superfest. You know what I'm saying? It lasted like six six to eight months, and then we'll. Jump, bounce off of that and jump over to the Budweiser's. You know what I'm saying? So, like a lot of tools these days don't last that long. No, they got to get you on Rolling Loud for the Legends. Yeah, yeah. That would be dope. Yeah, because I know they did Wu-Tang, but they need to do some stuff for R&B. Right, right, right. I mean, but, you know, that's like I say, that goes into play, too. It's like um, favoritism, you know. You know, favoritism Trump. You know what's hot, and 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 who had who who sold the most records? Who who how many how many hits on the had, they had on the charts? You know what I'm saying? It's his favor. The number one person is always favored. Uh, uh, the grabber goes to is always favored. You know everything is always. <laughs> <laughs> it, it rarely goes to the person that that really deserved it. You know. Mm-hmm. Knocking the Boots. This is a game changer song in R&B, probably one of the greatest hits of all time. If you look back at the genre, yeah, yeah. You, you probably paved the way because I've heard in, in interviews, you paved the way for artists like R. Kelly to get into the more sexual side of R&B. Because yeah, yeah, when you dropped Knocking the Boots, eventually he came out with Bump and Grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had to switch it up. He had to come. <laughs> he had to get free, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he couldn't do the honey love no more. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, that's we appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a lot of artists that that has um uh came up um listening to our music and um that's where they got some of their flavor from. Like when I listen to a lot of records, I can tell when somebody listens to a lot of our records, because I can tell because I know how we arrange our songs, and and when I hear people doing a little bit of us, oh yeah, they just a lot of H now. But getting into knocking the boots some more for people that may not know, where did this idea Mm -hmm. come from? Because you were originally hearing words, words were coming together, like knocking, 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 and eventually, yeah, knocking comes about. Yeah, knocking TikTok. You know, just playing around with it, and and it ended up being somebody rocking, knocking the boots. You know. 
And we didn't know what that sample was when we first got it. You know what I'm saying? I produced the stick, slowed it down, and and so we just went to writing. Just went in and just put that put our little magic on it. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, what may be a, a tide change in the career is when you started wanting to do uplifting songs about women. The ladies edition was right, I right, read online right. that was dedicated to Nicole Brown Simpson. Yeah, but yeah, Nicole Brown Simpson, a lot of a lot of the ladies, Whitney Houston, you know, Sister Tyson, you know what I'm saying? But you know, we just wanted to um bring awareness to that because it was too much, too much bashing going on with it, women bashing going on. So we want to step out the box and and, and and do something different, you know, do us, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't like to follow nobody, you know, so we like to be trendsetters. And and with that, same thing happened. After we did the latest edition, everybody else came behind with Woman's Power and Woman's World, you know, Independent, uh, you know, I can't switch it up again. You had to come with the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we, we just like being trendsetters, man. We don't we don't like we don't like to follow. We don't like to be if you're doing it, we don't want to do it. We won't do it. You know what I'm saying? If you if you're in that lane, we're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go in the opposite direction. And, and the label kept pressing you because you wanted to release these motivational songs. They wanted they like it slow. Yeah. I mean, I think they just um I don't think they was ready for that that movement. That's what I really think. I don't think they were ready for that movement because um you know, it's easier to sell our freaky songs to people, you know, versus what we was trying to take them. But at the same time, people was digging that, you know what I'm saying? It just, it just didn't get the the um, push that it really needed. If they would have kept pushing it, it would have did what it's supposed to did, you know? Yeah. I believe that but, Shazam is in the Zoom now. Can you hear us? Okay. Yo. What's going yeah, on? You can hear us. Welcome to I the show. Y'all. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, I think he's got to put his camera on. I know on the left side of the screen it'll say start video. I believe that. Yeah, now we can see you. Okay. Yeah. Great. What's going hey, on? What's we up? want to welcome you to the show. And another legend joins the show of the legendary R&B group H Town. What's going on, Shazam? I'm just yeah. chilling, man. What's going on with you? We were just getting into the ladies' <laughs> edition and how oh, this yeah. was a tie. Oh, oh, oh. This was a well, tide turn and change for you well, guys. Well, let me move somewhere else, man. Um, <laughs> kind of move somewhere else better. So they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for you guys to change up the tide because they were so used to having that knock in the boots come from you guys. Yeah, 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 most definitely. But the fans were, though. That's the, that's the thing, though. The fans were ready for it. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people, after we did Ladies Edition, they was like, man, you helped me get out of a bad situation. And say because um, you know, because it, it, we just moved it was motivating, you know, the same song was motivating, you know, and we was talking some real stuff. And yeah, people were like, people were like um, you know what I'm saying? One person scared, she, she told me she said um, her brother killed her boyfriend because he was being abusive to her, you know. So <laughs> that was crazy. Mm-hmm. What else was going on during that time in the 90s? I mean, we did have the O.J. Simpson thing going on. It's just, was This album was dedicated to Nicole Brown Simpson and all the other women out there. But what else was going on? Was there stuff going on out there more in the news that... Because we're, we're in 2021 and we're talking to a youthful audience. What, what else was going on? Was it the, what, some of the hip-hop lyrics that was going on that was degrading women? What was it that you guys wanted well, to start uplifting women? We actually experienced you know, uh, 
spouse abuse in our family. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we actually had a, um, uh, somebody die from spouse abuse in our family. So that's what made us kind of, you know, going to um, writing about it and just don't kind of want to do something different. You know what I'm saying? Because most of our first two albums made sexual content. So this album, we want to just do a broader, wide, wide, really stuff that's going on in the world. And like you said, also, everybody felt like Nicole Brown Simpson died from spousal abuse. And we know there's a lot of women out there that going through this. So we decided to do an album like that. Yeah. It's, I think that was important. I think you guys were trendsetters because, as G.I. brought up before, R. Kelly started doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Destiny Child, you know, following up doing the albums, I'm a survivor, independent women, all that stuff. So, you know, it just, we were just, the album was really before its time because we didn't really, people didn't really perceive us too well doing that at the time, but we get more props for it now in, in, in the day's time. Oh, we need, we needed artists like you to change the tide because that's what changes the sound. And it's good that your fans accepted of what you did because the industry they wanted that that like i said the gi before they wanted that knock in the boots constantly but this is how you evolve as an artist you can't yeah. just stay at the same, yeah. same sound forever mm -hmm. most definitely yeah but man an amazing run that you guys had what's your most memorable moment in the studio that you had together throughout that time in the 90s when dino was there what's that most memorable moment that you guys had together it could be on the studio or on a tour or anywhere Oh, just collaborate, collaborate, man. You know, uh, sometimes you sit back and just watch Dino Atlib. Like, you know, sometimes we take our songs home and he just a nominal Atlib. And then just us just kind of working together, you know, creating, creating songs, you know, writing and producing, creating, you know. Yeah, and making the hits that you guys made together. I, I want your opinion because I already got G.I.'s opinion on who oppresses him in R&B that brings something new to the table that's real soul. Who's some artist that you look to that you feel as though today is bringing that real raw soul to the table? Um, you got Ella May, you got her, mm -hmm. people like that. Um, uh, today's, I mean, it's a lot of, in my area, I, I look up to all before me. Uh, but I think like LMA her, I think Chris Brown is, you know, he's kind of new, but he's still, you know, bringing that R&B thing uh, to the thing. It's a couple of new ones. I can't think of their names right now, but I can hear so I just can't think of who they are. But uh, it's a few of them out there that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Kevin but Ross. those are the main two for the females. Them two females right there already doing it too, you know. Her and LMA are great. If you've heard of this artist yeah. called Kevin Ross, he's someone that has those real vocals. I think there's... Is it a song? Oh, I can't think of a song, bro. I think that's him. Mm -hmm. He got a weird voice, but it's like real distinctive. Mm -hmm. He kind of reminds me of Tevin Campbell a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got some real R&B soul to his game, and, mm -hmm. that, and that's important and rare in these day and ages. Is everyone wants to be the same, but... I mean, congratulations on the newest work that you have, Date Night. Tell me, what was it like working on this project? And it, the last release that you guys had, I believe, was was it 2015 for child support? Uh, in 20, I think so. Been a while, man. I think yeah. 20, 20, we did, we did a mixtape 2015, but the, uh, we did like a mixtape. Mm -hmm. We had some songs, unreleased material, and we did 209 was child support. So we really technically put an album out in almost 10 years, you know, uh, 
The real album we did was Child's Court. That was like 2009. Then we did 2015. We did a um, little mixtape. We really hadn't really done anything. So this is like the first album we've done in a long time. How was that video shoot for Super Love? It looked good. Oh, it was great. You know what I'm saying? It was real great. Uh, <laughs> you know, we was just like, you know, you know, the thing about it is uh, trying to just make it grow on a sex scene. You know, about us being independent, you know, um, we kind of kind of control how we want our image to look. Into You is my favorite off of Date Night. That, oh, that's, Into that's, You. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, everybody, like, I mean, it was so crazy. Some of the songs you think that wouldn't get the attention like that, and they'd be like, you know, I hear a lot of people saying that Into You song is like one of the, you know, I would have thought they would say first date, but most of them be on Into You. Uh, the H trying to cut clothes. Even the song we have called um, Internet Love get a lot of plug too. And I was like kind of shocked. That, Internet you know, Love is good. That's the last song on the project. Yeah, that people was like, hey, I'm feeling, you know. So it's like they have their favorite goes up and down, you know. Mm-hmm. That just let me know we have a solid project, though. Mm-hmm. Now, was this collaboration with Cut Close a long time in the making, you would say? Because these are, this is Keith Sweat put this group together pretty much. Just basically us touring with them. We did a lot of touring with them, them and Shy. So we just decided to work with some of the people that we actually built relationships with as friends. And we decided to do records with them. Yeah. And that came out to be a great song as well and just making date night. But you guys are finally back. And I want your opinion. How does it feel to be in the 2019 R&B Hall of Fame? Oh, it feels great, man. It was an honor, man, to... uh, Somebody acknowledge some of all the great work we've done over all the years. And uh, it just was an honor, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it kind of let us know everything we did in the music business, it was done in vain that we finally get prosperous. Some of the work that we did for uh, being in the business over 26 years. How do you feel about how things have changed since the past, especially with R&B? Because if you want to bring up internet love, everything's through the internet now. Nothing is organic and out in the open as far as meeting someone and you know forming a relationship. Um, I think the internet is dangerous. It can be real dangerous sometimes. It can be helpful in promote, promoting your stuff, but it also can be dangerous. A lot of crazy people on the internet, you know what I'm saying? But it's a good tool to kind of just stay big. It's just to kind of just use it as a business to stay much less personal as possible. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And speaking about date night, has has Luther Campbell reached out to you? You guys been in touch? When was the last time you guys have been in touch? Mm, been a while. It's been we a while. We haven't really talked to him in a while. Probably since, you know, we last time I seen him, we was at a show he was hosting. We talked a little bit, but we really haven't had a lot of interaction with Luke. Yeah, I... I I'm not sure if he's releasing anything new. I haven't heard much news about how he's doing, but, you know, but shout out to Luther Campbell, one of the greatest of all time that he took you guys in. Rest in peace to Dino, as I said, the GI before, and one of the greatest voices in R&B of all time. And something that I do admire that is that you didn't replace him in the group, because I know there's R&B mm-hmm. groups out there. When they lose a member, they tend to want to replace the member that passes away. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but you guys are going down to history. Do you guys have any upcoming tours for date night? I know things with COVID are starting to pick back up a little bit. And then it's either it's coming back or it's going away. No one even knows what's going on out here. But is there an upcoming tour for date night? Uh, we have a lot of shows right now. 
So we're just doing, yeah. we have a lot of shows. And, uh, yeah. We're just moving, back. man. Yeah. Just moving. Nice kickback to it, yeah. We actually yeah, got a show this Friday coming up in uh, Western Virginia, I think. This Western Friday Virginia. coming up. Coming up. Yeah. Is it, this is just a solo performance with you two guys? Uh, it was H-Town, we the headline of the show. I think it's other acts on there, local okay. acts, but we more the main attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing some like a festival, like a, I think it's a school festival or something we're doing, but it's supposed to be well. It's a lot of people supposed to be out there. I know TLC is going on tour with Bone Thug soon. I would love to see a big R&B tour happen for you guys. I was saying that to GI before, such as, Roll, you know, Rolling Loud does all this stuff with all these new hip-hop artists, and they did have Wu-Tang on their list before a few years ago. I'd love to see Rolling Loud put something together for legendary R&B artists such as you guys. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But, but we are on this tour, tour um, called the Nice Kickback Tour. Nice Kickback. With people like Virginia Wine and SWV. Um, John B, Donnell Jones, Case, Lex, you know what I'm saying, Drew Hill, you know. So, you know, that tour is just kick, kicking off, you know what I'm saying. October, we'll be in Chicago with that tour. And, you know, November, we'll be in Miami with the tour. So, everything getting back to normal. We're back outside. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys enjoy your time inside? Uh, boy, boring. Oh, yeah, boring, yeah. Boring. <laughs> Did a lot of writing though, kind of, kind of wrote a little bit, but it was boring. Yeah, yes. I know you guys. You guys are used to the tour life, and thank God that you guys are out here doing it again. Is there any artists that you because you work with Cut Close on this? I know GI's in the studio right now. Is there any artists that you're touring with right now that you're talking with and getting in the studio to make a song with? Um, you know, right now we might be we might be doing some high five. You know, high five was trying to come back and. Uh, might be doing it. We're trying to work on a little collaboration, maybe with them real soon. So, you know, just kind of work on a lot of the 90s groups and just working with our peers, but maybe, maybe so. Yeah, high five. There's another one out of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be an amazing that would be a legendary track just for Texas alone, having the two on B groups right on one track. Mm-hmm. Insane. But man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else you love to tell my audience? I know you have the upcoming tour, upcoming project. Is there, can we get another one soon? Or are you going to let this one ride out through the rest of 2021? Uh, right now, we're kind of working on getting this one, but we might be end up doing a, um, uh, we might be in the process of trying to do a, uh, a deluxe version. We may add a few, because it's only like an EP, eight songs. So we might do a deluxe version and uh, make it a 12 song. You know what I'm saying? So we don't, it's up in the air right now. Just checking out songs to see if we're gonna take it there or not. I'm sure yeah. your fans will be tuned in. H Town for Life. That's where they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter. Let them know where they can follow you on your personal accounts too. Uh, I'm I'm at Shazam of H Town. At Shazam of H Town. They can follow me. Yeah, yeah. I'm at GI Jackson. GI Jackson, Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you go follow him. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show here tonight. You know, you guys are always welcome. Any anytime you need anything from me, interviews. I'm here. Okay, okay we'll do that real soon. soon. No we'll doubt. Definitely. I want you to take care. Enjoy the rest of your night, all right? Appreciate it. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.